Section 8 of Seven Roman Statesmen of the Later Republic by Charles Oman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Pamela Nagami. Chapter 4. From the Gracchi to Sulla, Part 3. Victorious thus far, Drusus then began an agitation to prepare the people for the second part of his program, the great law which was in his idea to regenerate the Roman people by introducing into the citizen body the great mass of Italian allies. Aware of the difficulties of the task, he got into communication with the chief men in each state throughout the peninsula. They visited his house and formed an association for the purpose of pushing their claims it is said that in every country town there was a branch started whose members swore to live and die with drusus to spend life and fortune in behalf of him and of all other brethren who had taken the oath and to enlist in the bond every possible helper to institute such a society was to go perilously near the edge of conspiracy and of high treason and its framer can hardly have supposed that he had made the oath harmless and constitutional by adding a clause in which the members bound themselves when they had received the franchise to regard rome as their fatherland and drusus as their patron the association was soon well rooted in every corner of the land and provided the italians with the bond of organization and the common executive whose want had hitherto been their weakness drusus had not been wrong in thinking that the proposal to enfranchise the allies would shake the allegiance of many of his followers and gain him bitter enemies both in the senate and in the urban multitude there were many who began to fall away from him when he insisted on the necessity of this great measure after a time he lost control of the senate and a majority in it voted that his first set of laws had been invalid owing to the informal way in which they had been passed en bloc under a single preamble but the resolution of the haughty tribune was not in the least shaken he announced his intention of persisting with his schemes in spite of all opposition he made no attempt to dispute the legality of the senate's decision as to his laws but determined to bring forward the question of the italians how far he would have carried the matter we cannot tell for one evening as he was returning to his own house after making a harangue in the forum he was murdered a multitude was pressing around him when he was seen to stumble and fall he had been stabbed in the groin with a cobbler's knife which was found sticking in the wound within a few hours he was dead and all his plans perished with him his enemies of the equestrian order succeeded in getting a bill passed by the comitia to the effect that the association which he had formed had been treasonable and that both his friends in the senate and his chief agents among the allies should be prosecuted for conspiracy the news that drusus had been murdered and that a special commission had been appointed to try his supporters was the signal for the outbreak of rebellion all over italy the chief men of all the allied cities had learnt to know each other in the reformer's house and had ascertained that they all had the same grievances and the same desires the desperate meaning to the italians of the present crisis was that they had now ascertained that neither party in the roman state would ever help them they had long supposed that they might count on the aid of the democrats for both the gracchi and saturninus had promised them relief the optimates as they had supposed were their enemies 
but now the best of the optimates had taken up their cause drusus had been supported by men such as crassus the orator aurelius cotta and the aged marcus aemilius scaurus the princep senatus it was the main body of the democratic party and its allies the equites who had foiled the plans of drusus the urban multitude in its narrow jealousy had deserted him lest it might lose some portion of its shows and its corn doles the tribune varius who had proposed the bill against the friends of drusus was a well-known democrat and his chief supporters were equites realizing that the democracy was really as hostile to them as the most bigoted conservative in the optimate party the italians saw that they could only hope to gain their rights by unsheathing the sword within three months of the death of drusus the whole peninsula from picinum southward was in arms few states save the latin colonies continued faithful to the roman cause with the details of the fierce but confused campaign which raged all over italy during the years b c ninety to eighty nine it is not necessary to deal the odds were against rome the sturdy yeomen of the apennine valleys were individually better men than the town-bred legions whom the consuls lucius caesar and rutilius lupus sent against them it must be confessed however that the romans fought far better than might have been expected even the urban multitude displayed a savage determination worthy of their ancestors and offered to give up even their cherished corn-dole in the day of necessity but the citizens were opposed by superior numbers their officers were for the most part incapable the campaign presented a thousand difficulties because of the necessity of endeavouring to relieve the many outlying garrisons latin colonies for the most part in remote corners of italy if rome was not crushed in the first year of the war it was because she still retained many advantages she had the undisputed command of the sea and by means of it could send succours round the peninsula even when the central lines of communication were held by the enemy the provinces fortunately for her did not choose this moment to revolt from them she drew not only numerous auxiliary troops but also the ample supply of money and food by which alone the war could be maintained the revolted italians were terribly handicapped by their poverty rome had also a considerable number of officers headed by marius himself who were accustomed to commanding and moving large bodies of men none of the italian generals had ever headed any force larger than a cohort and they had to learn the art of handling armies numbered by tens of thousands without any previous experience but the most important factor of all in the struggle was that rome represented unity of action and organization as opposed to a heterogeneous mass of tribes of very different races divided by local interests and old grudges the italians did not succeed in setting up a vigorous federal government the constitution which they devised for themselves was a slavish and stupid imitation of that of rome which failed to give them either a vigorous executive or a capable administrative council yet in spite of all these advantages the experiences of the first year of war so tried the strength of rome and broke down her haughty spirit that she practically consented to grant the allies the franchise which they had demanded the lex julia passed in the winter of b c ninety 
gave the citizenship to all the italian communities who had remained faithful including the whole of the populous latin colonies having once surrendered the principle for which they had entered on the war the romans did not hesitate to go farther only two or three months after the lex julia had been enacted there followed the still more important lex plautia papiria which granted the franchise to every individual italian who should lay down his arms and appear before a magistrate to crave enrolment as a roman citizen this law saved the existence of rome at the sacrifice of her old claim to dominate italy as a mistress the rebels flocked in by tens of thousands to give in their names and to take up the long coveted status of citizen the power of the insurrection was so much thinned that the second campaign of the war that of b c eighty nine went almost entirely in favour of the romans district after district was subdued and at the end of the year only the obstinate samnites and the less important tribes of lucania remained in arms it was clear that the fate of the war had been decided and that the crushing of the last desperate rebels could only be a matter of time the romans once more breathed freely and contented to have saved the existence of the city and the empire contemplated with comparative equanimity the crowd of new citizens with whom for the future they had to share the dominion of the world at this moment the most inappropriate one that could have been chosen for samnium had still to be subdued and a great foreign war with king mithridates was just breaking out civil strife recommenced at rome the conduct of the two parties was absolutely insane there is no parallel for it in history save one the state of france in seventeen ninety three to four when foreign invasion domestic insurrection and bloody proscriptions in the capital were all in progress at once bears much similarity to the state of italy in b c eighty eight to eighty seven that civil war should arise when every man and every sesterce was still wanted to preserve the state from dangerous external troubles is all the more astonishing because in b c eighty eight both the optimate and democratic parties were in a deep state of discredit no one could say that the rule of the senate during the last thirty years had been anything but feeble and incompetent on the other hand all the main items of the democratic program had been tried and found wanting the agrarian and colonial schemes of the gracchi had failed to regenerate the state farming was as unprofitable as ever the corn dole of gaius gracchus had been in working order for a whole generation and had been carried to its logical extreme by saturninus and drusus yet the urban population was as miserable and as discontented as ever the franchise had now been granted to the italians who had obtained possession of every personal immunity and political privilege that they could wish save indeed that they had been enrolled in eight tribes only so that their voting power in the comitia was not fully equivalent to their numbers but it had always been the practical advantages of citizenship rather than the right to register their suffrages that they had desired but a party does not necessarily cease to exist because its programme is played out more especially a party of criticism and discontent such as that of the roman populares they were if anything more violent than they had ever been before and though all the constructive items in their political creed had been tried and had proved futile so that nothing really remained of it save the single destructive cry of down with the senate but if no longer a party with measures they were now a party with men 
the great civil war that was approaching was to show that the personal ambitions of a marius a sulpicius or a cinna supplied enough of a war cry to unite the turbulent elements in rome and that the populares could continue to exist even without a popular programme hitherto all the really important constitutional and economic quarrels between optimates and democrats had been fought out by mere rioting and chance medley but now a fierce and prolonged civil war which was to put scores of legions in the field was to follow on a mere personal rivalry for a military command a tribune named sulpicius rufus to whom the mantle of saturninus had descended was busy in formulating some new reforms of second-rate importance the most prominent of them was a bill for distributing the freedmen who had hitherto been confined to the four city tribes and the new italian citizens who had in a similar way been told off to eight tribes only among the whole of the old constituencies there was no great point in the bill so far as the italians were concerned for they would rarely have ever come up to vote on account of the mere difficulties of distance as to the freedmen they were the worst element in the state and to propose to give them more power in the comitia than they already enjoyed was the act of the most unscrupulous demagogy sulpicius as it would seem was a man from whom such legislation might be expected we have no unbiased account of his character and his plans but the records which his enemies have left behind paint him in the most lurid colours he was inferior to none in desperate attempts writes plutarch inspired by some optimate authority he was a compound of cruelty insolence and avarice and could commit the most infamous crimes in cold blood he openly sold the citizenship of rome to persons who had been slaves and received their money told out on a table in the forum he always went about with a band of three hundred armed satellites and had a council of young equites whom he called his anti-senate though he got a law passed that every man who owed more than two thousand denarii should be expelled from the senate he had debts himself to the amount of three millions there seems no doubt that he could vie in ruffianly violence with saturninus and glaucia several times he cleared his adversaries out of the comitia with staves and daggers on one occasion it is said he tried to murder the consuls pompeius and sulla during the actual session of the assembly the son of the former was killed in this desperate riot however exaggerated may be the language of plutarch it is at least clear that sulpicius was a man of violent and unscrupulous character but for the moment he had control of the streets and the assembly and it was to him that those who had something to gain addressed themselves accordingly it does not surprise us to find him adding to the many laws which he passed one intended for the private and personal benefit of one of his friends it was a decree appointing gaius marius to the command of the army which was to be sent to the east to repel king mithridates the old general had recovered from the shock of his political humiliation in b c ninety nine he had been entrusted with a considerable body of legions during the italian war and had fought with success against the rebels though he had not gained any very striking victories he felt that he was only half rehabilitated in the eyes of his fellow-citizens and was anxious to close his career with a series of brilliant campaigns which should cause them to forget the names of saturninus and glaucia the king of pontus was he thought the kind of enemy 
who would provide a roman general with the opportunity of winning a sensational triumph annexing whole provinces and accumulating untold stores of plunder and trophies if he returned to rome laden with the spoils of the east he would once more occupy the commanding position in the state which he had enjoyed at the end of the cimbric war the army which was destined for the asiatic campaign was at present lying under the walls of nola the last fortress in the lowlands which was still in the hands of the rebellious samnites but it was believed that the place would soon fall and then the six legions which formed the besieging force would be disposable for service overseas they were at present under the command of the consul lucius cornelius sulla to whom the charge of the mithridatic war had been duly assigned by the senate he was a prominent member of the optimate party and an old enemy of marius in displacing him the aged general would not merely secure the command of the best roman army then existing but would also disappoint and humiliate a personal foe accordingly marius allied himself to sulpicius rufus and paid his enormous debts while in return the tribune passed the decree which deprived sulla of his army they little knew the manner of man they were provoking their bill was to cost one of them his life and to cause the other to be hunted out of italy and driven into a miserable exile they had stirred up into action the most capable and the most relentless enemy that democracy was ever to know End of section eight